check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Today, we are transmitting high atop of Florida's Peninsula at 108 feet. This is Alpha Mike, your host today, along with Kilo Sierra. And we are talking about the subject of rifles, tactical shooting rifles. Co-host Kilo Sierra will take you down range, and he will instruct us on the course of tactical shooting rifles. It's a episode you don't want to miss. How do you get in contact with us? It's real easy. RaiderCop.com. You can hear all our episodes from 1 to 238. And RaiderCopNation.com, our official website. You can hear and see more about us. We're on social media. Look us up, RaiderCop, RaiderCop Podcast, RaiderCop Nation. You will find us. And, of course, you can always hear our podcast wherever you get your podcast feed. You know, and I know we've got to eventually look at the three depressing stories of Uncle Joe for the week. But before we get to that, we're going to uh, talk some issues that are happening in Cuba, 90 miles off the coast of the United States. They are fighting As I speak to you today, we are in day 12 of the freedom fighters fighting peacefully. No weapons, nothing. An occasional rock here and there might be thrown. While the opposition, the communist government of Cuba, are arresting, beating, torturing the demonstrators that are asking for one simple thing, and this has been lost in our United States media. They've been not only silent on the subject, but when they do talk, they kind of mix messages by saying that the people of Cuba are upset over the COVID-19 virus and the failure of any vaccine, which is a total falsehood. You see, any supply that Cuba had of the vaccine, they resold overseas. Their priority is not the people of Cuba. Only the elite have been vaccinated. But that's not the problem of the free-loving people of Cuba. After 62 years of a tyrant government over them, they are asking for freedom. It's that simple. So hopefully we never have to repeat that we want freedom in this country, but we are going to look at our bipolar uncle in the White House, Uncle Joe, and living in the Bolshevik states of woke. Tasha called the servants of the mental with her bipolar uncle, bipolar. Our first story takes us to Washington, D.C., where authorities in the city the District of Washington, D.C., have claimed people that have written in front of the Cuban embassy there, Cuba Libre, Free Cuba, was an offensive sign, and they've such removed it. The sign was painted on the ground in front of the embassy, just like Black Lives Matter did their sign and in front of the Trump Hotel, I believe it is. And, uh, but that one remains today as we speak. But Cuba Libre has been brushed away because we will have none of that in the Bolshevik states of woke. Our second story takes us to Uncle Joe walking with a very little stick. You see, Uncle Joe has sanctioned the Cuban regime a second time with the same sanction, so he really never sanctioned. What am I saying? Well, he sanctioned the Cuban government, but those sanctions were already 
in place. Some media outlets have called it symbolic. I call it idiotic. Because you should be able to walk with a big stick and inflict pain and suffering on a government that is doing the same to its people. But you've decided to play stupid little games by doing things that have already been done so there's no harm to the Cuban communist regime. Our third story takes us to an odd response from Uncle Joe. Uncle Joe is coming apart at the seams, getting stupider as the days go on. Grumpy old man, sometimes nostalgic the other. Recently, a reporter asked him a question, and his response was saying something similar to sucking the blood out of kids. You can't make this stuff up, folks, like the Democrats do, but it's scary when you find out that the pilot flying the plane is crazy. And that's our stories in Living in the Bolshevik States of Woke, another depressed segment that we have here. But I have the joke of the week to lift you up, motivate you, keep you moving. Recently, my professor accused me of plagiarizing his words, not mine. I'm not the one talking about kids sucking the blood out of kids. And you want to get mad at me, that's fine. Today's episode 238, we feature Kilo Sierra, our co-host that we are fortunate to have. He will take us downrange on how to deal with a rifle and specifically tactical shooting rifle. He'll discuss the elements needed, the basic elements needed for a course such as this. It's a lot of drills, a lot of practice. A lot of muscle memory needs to be built in as you get closer and closer to becoming better at rifles. And that's what he's going to be explaining. So it's time to get the short bus and bring out the man, the myth, and our co-host, Kilo Sierra. Straight from the red carpet, even though he's punching a time clock again, but we appreciate that he's here. Kilo Sierra, welcome back, buddy. Well, I thank you, my friend. How are you today? I am uh, very excited about uh, doing this episode because today we're not going to talk about handguns. We're going to talk about rifles. Yes, I know. It's wonderful. And, awesome. And uh, what does uh, Uncle Joe call him? I think he calls him the uh, AR-14. <laughs> but we're not going to be talking about the 14, so. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. So, so for those people that want to follow what Uncle Joe calls it, the AR-14, sure. we won't be doing that show. We're doing one called Tactical Shooting Rifle, but it's not exactly. the 14. Exactly. Exactly. Right, right. So, right. Unbelievable. The, the, the misinformation that people get, it's this is crazy. But, now, now uh, kind of navigators. The uh -huh. uh, navigators of uh, the importance of taking a course in rifle. Now, a lot of people are afraid of rifle. Understood. You know, Understood. maybe they're, they just got to handgun. Maybe they just Understood. got to the revolver. And sure. they see all that apparatus on, on the rifle, and they think, if I shoot at my shoulder or go flying off. <laughs> yeah. so, so navigate us through uh, the basic and into the tactical 
Absolutely, absolutely. Because uh, I, I teach uh, a number of, of rifle, tactical rifle classes. So when I, years and years ago, um, uh, when I first started my rifle training or my tactical rifle training, what I did was I actually catered the class for individuals that had any type of rifle platform, whether it was a 22 semi-auto, a lever action 3030, um, whatever it was, up to an AR-15. Because what I wanted to instill uh, for the, the shooters that were just getting acclimated to the rifle was that it is a slightly different platform because you actually now are utilizing, um, it's a, you actually have a longer firearm and it's a little getting used to loading and shooting, whether you have a, a magazine or you have a tubular magazine or you're top loading like an M1 Garand, have an end block or, or a, a stripper clipper. So it's something that uh, most individuals go to the range and shoot a lot of pistol. But I definitely do not, I want people to not to negate the, the rifle because it's such an, it's such a very useful, useful tool. And, um, there's so many different rifles out there that what I did was I had a course that uh, encapsulated pretty much all types of self-defense procedures or techniques with any rifle. And then I subsequently, because due to the, uh, the, uh, the amount of individuals that had AR platforms, I actually made a, a class specifically for ARs. Right. Um, and, and Ruger Mini and Ruger Mini 14s and Ruger Mini 30s, because that was a very pretty common rifle. But that's a topic where I think it's, you know, and we'll talk more in, discuss, in depth later on the different types of rifles and, and, and how they're all very useful. You know, they, right. they're all very useful. Now, today, of course, there's so many manufacturers that are pumping out rifles. I can't sure. keep up with all these companies nowadays. Sure, nowadays. Of course. But the platform is universal. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't Correct. matter the name of the brand. The Correct. Platform. Just to, for those that are novices in that area, like they might say, well, you know, like a Beretta has a cocking device, but a Glock doesn't. But in the rifle, it's the platform is, is universal. Absolutely. Absolutely. You have different, uh, uh, a plethora of different AR 15 platforms from uh, of Smith and Wesson to Ruger's to uh, Bushmasters to. Uh, a DPMS, and there's so many brands that are, they're all phenomenal. They're all wonderful brands. They all have different little uh, uh, gadgets on them, but it doesn't matter. They're all just ex great quality firearms that um, that, that are, are that work phenomenal. I'll have great uh, customer uh, satisfaction repu and, um, reputations. And that's the great thing about purchasing rifles and training with rifles now is that we have so many great brands out there. Yeah. That are, that are just fantastic. And, and the customer service that with literally every brand I've mentioned, the customer service, and I've dealt with pretty much everything, they're just fantastic. I call, I call them for an issue or, or a question and they answer me right away with their email and, or, or I want an extra uh, button or an extra spring and they're wonderful. Yeah. And they're great. So that's why it's a good, it's a good time to do rifle training because there's so many great companies out there. Now, of course, uh, rifle the rifle community is no different from the semi-automatic community that Correct. based on brand, they might not ever talk to you again. <laughs> you <know. laughs> I, I, which I think is hysterical. I, I know there, there are certain people that are loyal to certain brands. Yeah. Um, and that, especially with pistols, but that's one of those things that we're lucky nowadays in which there's so many outstanding companies where the, the quality is all the same and it's unsurpassed. And, and the, the quality is fantastic. The customer service is great. So as for people like you and I as instructors, you know, we, we know that. We know better. Like, okay, you know, let's, let's, let's get through all the hoopla. Let's get past that. And let's actually, you know, let's get past the brand because there's so many great brands out there. And let's go down to basics with the platform. Exactly. What, right, whatever you choose, whether it's a semi-automatic, whether it's a pump action, whether it's a bolt action, whatever suits your needs is great. Yeah, except the AR-14, we don't teach that one. <laughs> no, 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 that, <laughs> that's like Snuffleupagus. I, I don't know where that comes from. I just don't know, you know, where, where it, it, it exists. <laughs> <laughs> but from his words, now there were his words, not mine. 
Of course, of course, of course, exactly. exactly. Now, I, I, I just got a rifle. I'm brand new. I'm, I'm a novice at it. And when I okay. actually went to take my first shot, I noticed, holy smokes, my shoulder didn't blow off my body. <laughs> yeah. and, it, oh, and the trigger oh. is so soft. Yes, absolutely. And this and thing is so accurate. Yes, absolutely. See, the first thing, couple of things that when my new shooters have a rifle, I, and I try to explain to them, look, okay, especially shooters that are so used to having handguns, and I would tell them, look, for the most part, generally speaking, uh, rifles tend to have a much lighter trigger pull than most handguns that you're used to. Um, mm. Number one, especially rifles that where you can adjust the trigger press and you know that's more the uh, the, the, the the tactical you know long distance rifles with a very light trigger pulls but so that's one thing that they have to get used to and then the points of contact where yet now you have your support hand a little forward of your strong hand pulling the trigger so that's a little thing they have to get used to and uh but just like you said people assume that just because it's a bigger gun or quote-unquote yeah. big gun that it's going to recoil a lot more than a pistol and that's such a mistake and a misnomer because obviously as you and i know there are rifles that are so accurate and so light that you barely feel the recoil just yeah. like an ar yeah and they are smooth and uh, they are loud yes that we'll give sure. them that we'll give them that they are loud especially sure. if you're shooting uh, supersonic rounds and stuff correct but correct. it's smooth extremely smooth and, and it's funny that you mentioned that because when i was training new shooters and um i would train them let's say in an indoor range but of course it's a lot it's louder than normal and they would see me shoot and they would be scared of the noise I'm like no 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 it doesn't recoil too much and and when i would give them the rifle and and, I, and especially when i showed them at the time that you know my daughter's 19 now mm. but when she was shooting ar-15s at 11 and 12 and because I trained her, because she's now an instructor as well. Wow. Um, and, and, and and people are like, wow, if she can shoot that. Be, yeah, she can shoot that, absolutely, mm -hmm. because there's no recall. And it's it's a, it's a wonderful platform. And, and people, I had to get that fear out of them. And that and, that, and that's nothing new. My father, God rest his soul, he was in the, God bless him, he was a, 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 a marksman in the military also. He was in the National Guard in Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. And he had to uh, indoctrinate the, the new rookies coming in uh, that were afraid to shoot the M1 Garand and the M1 Carbine. And he literally had had to shoot the. He literally shot it between his legs. And he said, "Look, I'm fine. So here, take the gun." I've been a little more drastic, of course, back in the fifties. <laughs> yeah. Right? But the point I'm trying to make is that that concept of training new shooters having that that misnomer or the misinterpretation that a larger gun recoils more is false. Exactly. Nothing new. My father had to do that in the fifties. Have you ever noticed that when you give the, the AR to a brand new shooter, you go, "Okay, shoot a couple rounds," you know, till you get used to it, and then give it back to me. And next thing you know, you're up to like your third magazine, and <laughs> yeah. the weapon hasn't come back to you yet. Because they're excited. <laughs> yeah. Because not only is it a phenomenal platform, there's hardly any recoil, and it's accurate. Yeah. It is accurate, and that's sure. another shock for a lot of people once they get to learn the sights. Of course, of course, and it's, it's a, and it's great as an instructor to see that in a student's eyes that wow, I can do this. That 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 just for me, it's priceless. Yep, sure is. It's priceless. All right, so I've taken a couple of courses in basic, and I think I'm up to the, my tactical now. Take me okay. through that course. <laughs> great. So the first thing I tell I tell my shooters is look. Now, obviously, I my courses are different. Whether you're a civilian, whether you're a security personnel, whether you're law enforcement or military. So, for the civilian individuals, I tell them look. Okay, so now the 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 um, just like the handgun, where now okay you're used to shooting at, at a paper target in a stationary position in a whether it's a um, a, a, a port. Uh, or an outdoor range, we have to be behind a bench. For tactical reasons, now you have to move forward, rearward, side to side with a long gun in your hand. And for, for a lot of individuals, it's, it's a little cumbersome at first because, or a handgun's smaller, 
Now they're manipulating and trying to find the magazine, having this long, and for them, it's a long gun. Like, oh my goodness, it's, it's right. a relatively long gun. But they, it's, the learning curve is very short because once they understand the concept, it's very similar. But the, 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 one of the main things that I always concentrate on, especially with the new shooters, the civilian, is that when they're moving and shooting, especially with the AR platform, how important it is to engage your safety while moving. Right. Uh, because of that, pretty much for the most part, many rifles uh, have a, a what we call a single action pull, where the trolls very, very pulls very light, and it's really incumbent on the shooter for safety purposes to just ingrain indoctrinate into them. As soon as the sights leave their eyesight, if they're walking or moving or shooting, that the safety is engaged. Exactly. Just as a, just as a safety measure. Because the triggers, for the most part, as you know, tend to be lighter than most handguns. So what I do for the for the the civilian shooter, uh, especially ones for home defense, is like, look, it's the same as a pistol, moving and shooting. However, now you have a longer platform. So another example for uh, when I talk about shooting from behind cover, uh, one of the classic examples I use is like, look, if you have to shoot behind cover and you crouch out. And, and engage at your threat, you have to make sure that both your sights and barrel clear mm. the cover. Right. Because just like for an AR-15, for example, not the AR-14, I don't know much <laughs> about those, but the AR-15, <laughs> your, your, your typical platform, <laughs> with the iron sights, it's about, what is it, two and three quarters of an inch, two and a half inch, uh, a, a distance, yeah. r- roughly, from the sight to the barrel. So by it, you can very easily by mistake have the sights clear the the uh, your, your barricade thinking that your barrel's clear just because you can see a threat when in actuality you still have to inch a little more to your left or right side to clear the barrel as well so that's one of the ma- uh, one of the main differences that i have to harp on is that make sure that when you're shooting from behind a barricade or cover that both sights and barrel clear the barricade correct so, so, so that's one of the, I mean, that's obviously a beginning concept where it's, in, I mean, as you know, even with a handgun, teaching individuals in tactical when they're moving, sh- shooting from behind a barricade is totally new for new shooters because they're so used to, they're not used to having something in front of them. Of course. And they crowd their, their cover all the time. Exactly. And that, that, that's a great point. And, and that's ex- really prudent not to do that with a rifle because uh, what, well, sometimes with new shooters, I'll see them where they, they crouch, they get too close, and it's the gun's like pointed totally down or whatever, it's too close. And then as, when they come to the side, let's say they're strong side of the cover and pivot up, the barrel is past the barricade. And I tell them, look, you never know there's a bad guy right behind the wall that can grab your barrel. Yeah. Um, so these are little things that, 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 that they might be subtle, but it's extremely important. To, extremely. To sure. Even, well, <laughs> as you said, uh, activating the safety when moving, it... It sounds a little bit more difficult. Of course, when you're a novice, it's, it becomes challenging. But when you become more adapt to it, you're going to do it automatically, just like when you take your semi-automatic out of your holster. You're, like my old range master used to say, make sure your boogie, your, your snot finger doesn't touch the trigger. <laughs> you put it on right. the side of the semi-auto, right. and it becomes second nature. Of course, of course, your finger on right on the frame, exactly, or above the trigger. Sure, sure, and and, that, and that's the case with any with any rifle, uh, so, and, and, and uh, because it's it's one of those things for a new shooter. It's it's a little at first. It's initially awkward to get used to that larger gun platform. Yeah, because because now it's a longer barrel, longer gun. Now you have to pivot. So now the other issue is you have to make sure that you index the buttstock correctly under, under your under your collarbone, which is another thing that that's important because I know I notice a lot of new shooters, you will erroneously place the place the buck sorry the buttstock uh, right on where the shoulder meets the arm. Right. And and then uh, especially with a heavy caliber of weapon, that's the last thing you want to do. You want to make sure that the actual uh, the buttstock or the lower third. Of the lower, uh, the toe of the buttstock is under your collarbone. So that's another thing, and they're not used to that way. They want to actually place that stock cl- as close as possible to the sternum or to the, or the center of the body, so they can pivot up and down. And another thing, which um, I know you've gone through this, especially with um, hunters, 
that might be hunters that are, that are becoming law enforcement and are relatively new to it, is that they do the, the chicken wing or, or the shooting elbow to the side. Right. Where, where it's perpendicular to the ground. Like, no, 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 no. And that's another thing I have to teach them, that their elbow has to be pointed down so you have total bone support, bone support and not shoulder support. Right. And a lot of this is body mechanics. Sure. That sure. it's the same as when you start in, you know, shooting for the first time, isosceles and weaver stands, and then it becomes second nature. So Absolutely. for the listener that's listening to saying, oh, my God, this sounds so complicated. It's not. It's all basic. Not. Basically what he's saying, it's all body mechanics. It's not. It's it's like um, it's. It, when you first, it's like any other gun course. If you're relatively new, all the things you have to do, oh my God, it sounds overwhelming. But once it's, you have to explain everything, every step, but once you do it, it flows naturally. Exactly. It's like swimming. Imagine for a swimmer or for a non-swimmer verbally explaining the stroke. Right. It sounds like a lot. Oh my God, you have to, you have to twist your body and twist your head. No, you drown by the time you figure it out. So it sounds like a lot, but it's not. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with shooting. Yeah. Where you, you have to, when you explain it first, oh my God, it sounds overwhelming, but it's not because it makes sense. Body mechanics, it makes sense. Yes. It makes sense. So so I try to overcome those obstacles um, when the new shooter uh, gets a, uh, has to get adapted to utilizing the rifle platform. Um, especially uh, another one with the... Uh, the, the, the magazine, the magazines tend to be larger, and then you have to find for the magazine, because at least with a lot of rifles, you can change the buttons and the doohickeys. But, and I also teach the new shooters with the rifles, because you and I know, those individuals, that as soon as they get into the gun hobby, they buy every doohickey yep. for that gun. Yep. Uh, the, the, any doohickey, they, they buy the extra lights that are unnecessary, Picatinny rails, a, a little microwave, like, whatever the gun has. <laughs> Everything. So, don't buy it, okay? Yep. And that's even worse for a rifle because there's more room. <laughs> so, exactly. So, so they get about 100 Picatinny rails, yep. five flashlights. I think they have the bat signal on there, too. They get everything. Right? Yep. They get everything. It's like, no, no stop. Because the more crap you have on the gun, the more it's probably going to fail. Exactly. Um, uh, like, for example, uh, one of the things that I learned as being a law enforcement officer is that, and this is personal opinion, but like if you have too many cables, let's say you have a cables to activate your flashlight, they're more prone to get caught in the bushes if you're trying to sneak through the back of a house, mm-hmm. if you're doing a raid. So these little things like that, that be, oh yeah, that makes sense. So the less you have on, on the rifle, the better. And that's another little thing I have to address is that you want to keep the platform simple. Yep. Simple. Keep it as simple. Less, as yeah. less doohickeys on that gun as possible. Maybe a gun light? Sure, of course. Um, uh, and, but that's about not too much stuff because then it gets really confusing. And the more mechanical devices you have on the gun, the more it is likely that it's going to fail when you need it the most. Now, one issue that they're going to deal with on this rifle is going to be the sling. The, yeah. Oh, and slings yes. have been known to make or break people. We'll just that's say that. That's a great point. That's a wonderful point. Now, nothing against any sling because they all have their advantage and disadvantages. For me personally, from from do, from being a law enforcement officer, now I'm retired, I'm teaching law enforcement officers, for utilizing body armor at certain times for certain functions, I, I personally am a huge advocate of the single point sling, uh, a, a very simple system in which you can switch from lefty to righty or righty to lefty, relatively simple, or worst case scenario, if you get injured or you're part of the drill where you have to hand over the rifle to someone else, a single point sling doesn't need a readjustment. Right. Where, where if you have a two point or three point sling, now the individual uh, has to, if they're larger or smaller than you, you have to readjust the sling if it's a three point sling. And but I'm I'm not. Don't get me. Don't don't misunderstand me. I'm not denigrating three point sling because it has its purposes. Mm. But for for, for for my training purposes, I I'm just partial. And that's a personal thing to the single point sling, where, the, 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 where you slip it over over your torso, and that's it. That's it. And then yeah. you could you could switch sides, um, and that's it. And for me, that's I'm a huge advocate of simple is easy. Exactly. Uh, the less crap you have to manipulate, 
in an emergency situation, the, the more, in my personal opinion, the more efficient you'll be. And the less you have to train because you're going to be under stress in that moment. Imagine trying to dominate a three-point sling. Oh, and, my goodness. And you under learned fire? it last no. week. <laughs> right. Under fire? Uh-uh. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Right, right. So that, that's why my personal opinion. Um, but that that being said, you know, with a three, with a two point, with, sorry, with a single sling, uh, it, it definitely wouldn't be a bad idea to have the, the sling swivel or the post on both sides of the buttstock. You know, that that's cool. That's okay. That's that's a, that's a night. That's a little, you know, um, that is a hook that that's an option that's okay. It's easy where you can hook the sling from one side, the left side of the buttstock, right side of the buttstock. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a little doohickey. That's not, you know, a problem. Right. Okay. Uh, but that's okay. But when people start putting 10 or 15 Picatinny rails. <laughs> yeah, no, it's ridiculous. You, oh, you're no. carrying a house. <laughs> a bottle opener. You know, <laughs> no, no, please. Oh, no. And now that, now that I mentioned carrying, a lot of people think that the carry handle on a rifle is for carrying the rifle, but it's not. Oh, goodness. Oh, goodness. No. It was placed <laughs> there to. For our Second Amendment haters, <laughs> this is why the carry handle is placed on a rifle to carry and bear arms. But it, that's not how you carry a rifle. Of course not. Of course not. Right, right. Oh, oh, the, the misinformation is just, it's just horrendous. Yeah. It's horrendous. And uh, another thing that um, I, I'm a huge advocate of, uh, let, let's, go, let's stick with the AR platform, for example where uh, the individual tends to go for the optic sites. That's fine. That's okay. Whether you have the crosshairs or the, or the laser or the red dot, that's super cool. But I'm a huge advocate of having iron sights to co-witness. Yeah, co-witness. Yeah. Sure. And I'm another huge advocate of the 45-degree sight where if that – so if you do not have time to pop up the sights to co-witness the uh, – the laser, then at least you can cant the rifle 45 degrees and your iron sights are ready to go. Excellent. That, 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 that's simple. See, it's simple. Yeah. Um, simple. And if you have to shoot from the street curb on the floor, that's another easy way to cant the rifle sideways on 45, sorry, 45 degrees to, um, to, to shoot. So those are simple, in my opinion, accoutrements that are, that are practical and reasonable. When I first took the, uh, my first rifle course, I refused to use any optics. For for a long time. That's wonderful. You know, I don't blame you. I don't blame you. I wanted to master the iron sights. Then sure. we can play with optics and co-witnessing, but uh, I have to go with bread and butter. Sure, sure, of course. No, well, of yeah. course. So, but but my thing is okay. If you have, if you're gonna go for the optics, uh, fine. But personally. When I teach, and it doesn't matter if it's a civilian, security personnel, law enforcement, if they take an introductory tactical rifle class, I do not want optics. Yeah. Okay, I would prefer iron sights. Yeah. But then uh, when they come to my next class, for the next level, sure, they can have optics. However, I insist on having the iron sights as a co-witness because you know that something fancy and something you know that's expensive, it's going to go to crap. When you need it the most. Oh, or just forget to turn off the optics and see what happens. <laughs> yeah. It might crack. God forbid it might get a ricochet and blow, blow it off or crack it. Uh, the battery will die on you. And, and, and you can't, there's nothing there. So, you, I mean, it's, it's nice. However, I do, the thing I always want to stress to the shooters is that never totally rely on technology. Exactly. Never. Never. You always have those iron sights, whether they pop up or 45 degrees, you know, uh, offset. But you need to have those iron sights when it goes to crap and you're in a firefight. Exactly. And, and I, I just because what happens is, as you know, that people become overly dependent on technology. And I, 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 talk, I give the same spiel with laser sights on handguns, the laser dots. You know, it's the same spiel. When you're going to need it the most, it's going to crap out on you. So don't rely on technology. Yeah, and then you'll be standing like a dodo bird. It was working a minute ago. <laughs> you're right. And your head bobbing <laughs> back and forth because there. you're trying to find the, the sight picture. And you're not going to tell the bad guy, wait, wait. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was working a minute ago. Yeah, right. No, no, no. no. You want so. to go with bread and butter and the, and the iron sights. 
and and, and, and and you know test your equipment and all that is uh, very important as well. Now that's another thing too. Um, especially not necessarily for the beginner course, but when they come for the more advanced courses. Uh, um, if let's say for example the beginner course, they you know they do what I ask them. They no no laser sight. They just use the iron sights or a single point sling. Fine. They get they get used to it. So what I have for the people that are still on on the fence. I, tell, I encourage them, look, you want to take my more advanced course or the next step up, bring any laser and doohickey you want. I, I'm, do, I'm setting them up, by the way. I, I, I'm, mm -hmm. just, I'm just telling them, I'm setting them up. Okay, I said, okay. They're like, yeah, 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 great. So they'll bring their ACOG and they'll bring their three-point sling. And, and of course, I'm going to mess with them. And then while they're waiting for me to give them their, before the obstacle course, I will totally screw with their ACOG, totally screw with it. Like I'll mess up the, the sights, or I'll loosen the I'll loosen it, uh, the three point sling. I'll mess with it, and then I have a two man team, a two person team, go in, and they're gonna be all out of sorts. Mm -hmm. I'll be like, oh my god, my ACOG was off. Yeah, because I did it on purpose. Right, and 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 I, I uh, well, I'll, I'll also take a magazine and remove because uh, I'll tell listen, all right, make sure you put, you know, uh, ten or twenty rounds or whatever the course of fire is. And as you're looking the other way, I'll mess with their laser sight, I'll mess with their sling, and I'll purposely take out one, two or three rounds off in the magazine. And that way, they have to adapt and they have to transition to the sidearm. Exactly. And, and that's, that's the only way they understand, look, this is why I tell you, uh, don't get me wrong, ACOGs are phenomenal. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I, I did a wonderful. I, mean, I, I own a few. I'm just saying, though, I just want to instill in their, in their, in their brains that when technology craps out, okay, you need to rely on, like you said, the bread and butter. The bread and butter, the skill, the skill. That's it, the skill. Mm -hmm. So do not become overly dependent on technology. Yeah, because and, it could fail. Oh my goodness, of course it could fail. I Absolutely. mean, if you're listening to this podcast, has your computer at home ever failed? All right. <laughs> we, we got that covered now. Exactly. The blue and screen of death. Blue. When you need it the most. When you need, when you it, need the it the most. Of course. You know how many times my uh, my computer would crash right before a big class or, or out of nowhere it's updating? I'm like, I'm teaching a class in five minutes. I didn't ask you to update the system. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Are you going to start your car and the battery's dead? Oh, sure. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So these are things that are important because I just want my students to understand that you have to simple is better. Simple as brother, yeah. So sure, sure, because I, I see that a lot, especially with rifle. I mean, nothing wrong with all the extra doohickeys. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but I'm just saying that don't don't become dependent on them. Yeah, I, I would say that the the average shooter should gradually get involved with sure. those extra doohickeys, like you're calling them. Uh, sure, sure. You know, train with it as you apply it to your rifle. Absolutely. That's like me when I became a teenager. I learned I learned how to drive in a stick shift with a roll down window. <laughs> so, okay. There you go. That's what I'm saying. Obviously, nothing wrong with car technology now. I love the technology, but my point is, I'm a huge advocate of learning the, the rudimentary basics first. Exactly. And then move on to any new technology. I'm oh I oh dude, I totally embrace technology about new calibers and new ammunition and new. New sighting systems. Oh, no, no. I love that stuff. Just don't become too totally reliant on technology. That's that's the only thing I advocate. Is that it's a great platform to all these new thermal sites and what have you. Oh, they're wonderful. But if it goes to crap, you need to have a backup. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, and, and so, but the same thing, too. With a, Same idea goes with um, malfunctions. And that's why we do the malfunction drills. If the gun jams, then either clear it or transition. Exactly. And then they have to learn how to do that. And that's part of that tactical application. Correct. Correct. And they, and it's, it's wonderful at the end of the day, the student realizes, Oh my God, even certain ammunition for certain rifles, they might not function right. Or uh, it's just, they're not used to it. And I tell them, look, I'd rather have you have malfunctions now in training than having a malfunction in a real, in a real firefight. Exactly. So if you let's say, you know, another classic example of malfunctions is when students now mind you, mind you, 
I'm not a, a name brand connoisseur of anything, okay? I'm not a high-end, you know, high-maintenance guy. However, there are certain things in life that you cannot skimp on. You know, mayonnaise, ketchup, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but one of the things, and you know, are holsters for handguns. I mentioned that in other programs. But magazines, you cannot skimp on magazines because that is your life. Yep. That is your life. I've made that mistake. And then students will save on magazines. They'll buy an inexpensive version of it. And then all of a sudden, they're getting catastrophic gems yep. on the range. The knockoffs. Yeah, they get the knockoffs. Right. Mm -hmm. Catastrophic. Yeah, it right. won't feed. It won't feed correctly. Right, correct. And but I'd rather have them go through that in training, and be humbled in training. That God forbid they didn't know that was the fact of what their equipment they were using, and have it happen in real life. Exactly. So, so and so that's why I tell them no harm, no foul. Great Dude, point. No harm, no foul, man. That's Great it. That's point. Because okay. they because they get mad. Oh my God, they, people get pissed. Oh my God. I can't, this is, like, no, no, relax, relax, it's okay. That's what training is for. It's a learning experience. I've had the same issue come up with them. Um, other gear, like like magazine holsters, for example, for AR platforms. I've had the same issue come up with slings, where the sling would break or loosen up because the swivel wasn't great. Mm -hmm. So, And I tell them, look, it's no harm, no foul. Don't let your ego burst because it's, you would rather have this happen in training. That's why you go to training and see if your gun and equipment works. And if it doesn't, then you just, you know, enhance your equipment. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. That's it. And, and you're alive. And you're alive. And, and right, you, you, know? can tell the, you can tell the story. Exactly. Exactly. So like, no harm, no foul. Training is, that's what training is crucial. And, and for, for, new, for newer shooters, and this is my thing, for newer shooters, ha learning how to shoot a rifle can be a little cumbersome. For more, the more advanced shooters, okay, now it's a slightly other different thing, whether it's security personnel or law enforcement. Now with those type, with that target audience, I step it up a notch so they become more proficient in their platform. So I will, for, the, for them, for example, I'll do a lot more aggressive moving and shooting. I'll do a lot more drills where they have to go to the ground and shoot at different shooting positions. Uh, so they get used to shooting, let's say, over the hood of a car, under a car, for example, or behind a, a behind a cover, a brick wall, like, things like that. Uh, I have them shoot well with two individuals with a buddy next to them, so they know, okay, muzzle, maintain muzzle discipline. If you, if your buddy has to kneel or do a prone position, make sure you grab by the shoulder to bring him back up again. So it becomes more involved, so they have to become, they have to have a much, much more heightened level of of. of uh, Awareness. situational awareness mm -hmm. when yeah. it comes to a long gun because it's a, it's a it's because of the platform so there's issues to be dealt with a rifle in any level whether it's whether it's a the beginner platform or the advanced platform there's always something to learn no there's always you can always be what what is it you say the perpetual student absolutely i i, I i'm a perpetual student look, look what i just told you my you know where i'm getting trained in, in a, another shooting system by a master instructor who's schooling me and, I, and to me, I, I'm very humbled by him. He's a very humble individual, and this guy is—he's an older gentleman, and he's amazing. And I'm so humbled and, 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 and honored to be trained by him. So I, I'm a perpetual student myself. Now, uh, on the course that Kilo Sierra is talking about, we're going to have a, a future podcast on that training discipline. We'll surprise you what it is. Yes, yeah, exactly. But it's so a survival—it's a survival training course. It's correct, correct. But, but right. But the point I want to make though is that even someone like me, I, I, I love to learn. I go to every time I go to training, I learn something new. Even when I train, whatever class it is, you'd be surprised at how many times I'll learn something new for my students. Yeah. That's why I, I loved it. It's just a wonderful experience. And I'm always uh, my master's my master instructor always always told me, look, you must remain teachable yeah, because this. You have to be, and it's wonderful. It's great. I learned so many new cool things. Uh, it's one, and I, and then I take that and have another tool in my toolbox to teach my students. It's wonderful. That's great. Now let's 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 uh, look at real quick uh, the sure. elephant in the room, and, oh, okay. and that is the movie theater fire ex instructors that <laughs> actually believe and will tell other people wrongfully that. You can run and shoot the rifle at the same time. Oh my god! So the, no. the 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 adage of uh, uh, run, shoot, run, 
They don't understand. No. They just think it's one oh, cl- no. Like in the movies, you know, the, the, the superstar is running down the block, just shooting away. Boom, 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 boom. Of course, some people fly. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and that muzzle is just going back and forth, but hitting its target. It's amazing what Hollywood can do. Oh, absolutely. And I'm glad you mentioned that because even every class I go to, it's more so than with the new, the new students, I tell them, look, if you ever have any question on a gun, whether it's a question where you're buying a gun or if you see something in even a movie, Call me. Is that nonsense or not? And I'll tell you 90%, yeah, that's nonsense, okay? <laughs> because they don't know. So absolutely, the only way to educate the individual about the no- some of the nonsense you see, just like you said, running into shooting at the same time, is that have them go through it. Say, look, you explain to them why that doesn't work, you explain why, and you, and you walk them through it. This is why it doesn't work while you're running and shooting with a, with a platform because you have a, like, for example, we talk about the syncopation of the, of the muzzle, of the, of, the, of the barrel. It rocks up and down when mm-hmm. you're walking. So so things like that. And then once you explain it to them, they're like, oh, I understand why. It's just, it's, it's, well, it's, it's relating the known to the unknown. Right. And people have a legitimate question. And the last thing I ever want to do is, have someone think they're asking an ignorant question because as you and I know as instructors, no no question is ignorant. None, none. No question ever, ever is ignorant. No. So when it, I, I've been asked that question, I'm like, no, no, that's okay. And I'll tell them, no, no. This is why that doesn't work because you cannot run or shoot at the same time because you're, I talk about your sight alignment and using your sights. And even if you do all kinds of other shooting, it just doesn't work. But yeah, that's one of those things where unfortunately Hollywood doesn't help people like us. Uh, no, no, they're, they're, <laughs> please do not watch a movie and say, now I know. Please don't oh do that. My goodness, no. Oh, my goodness. No. You might oh, be regarded no. as a terrorist oh. in the future. <laughs> if you do that. Or hurt yourself. Yeah, or no, hurt, you yourself, hurt yourself. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, oh, that, no, what, oh, what wow. they teach in, what, what, I'm not, they're not teaching, but what they show in movies is horrible. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, also, you would think it's not the truth, but it is. With certain movies, um, I don't know, you know, they just, the, the individual, that's, that's not even a consideration when, whether it's it's a realistic shooting uh, scenario or not. They just want a shoot 'em up movie. And it was not all movies, obviously, but certain ones where they don't care. And, 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 and it's very unrealistic. So it's, it's, it's like stormtrooper shooting laser guns. Like, no, no, you don't do that. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. No. And sometimes I'm horrified at seeing certain things. I'm like, oh my God. Like, even like I, certain war movies or documentaries, that they'll use the wrong guns in, in wars. I'm like, that didn't exist back then. You know, like, I'm, I'm, the, I'm that guy. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're that guy in the theater. <laughs> I'm that guy. Yeah. And people are like, shh, can you please be quiet? Oh, yeah. Oh, my friends are like, dude, dude, we don't care. Like, I know what I do. Okay. <laughs> we're, enjo- but, uh, we're enjoying our live <laughs> moment, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, but no, that's a great point. Because this, because I, I always get, I, I get that asked that question a lot. Well, I saw in this movie, I'm like, oh goodness, I said, oh my god, what did you see? And then I have to, you know, totally break down that it's no, that's a misnomer. You cannot do that. You, you cannot guide bullets by moving it towards the direction of your target. No, you cannot do that. You cannot do this. You cannot do that. Okay, all these things they see, like, oh my goodness, oh my goodness. So, but 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 on quite the contrary, there are actually a very few, but a handful. Of movies where they got it right. Oh right, yeah, they have good technical advisors on on set. Right, right, and they actually got it right because they actually had advisors uh, that did it right, and and, and that's the opposite. That's very rare, but there are movies that I definitely tell people, look, watch this one scene in this movie, and then we'll talk about it. Well, you know, it's hard if you're watching, like, let's say, a movie on uh, uh, SEAL Team Six. And, yeah. and the right. actors like waving the muzzle all over the place. It's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah not right, very right. Real, realistic. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's not gonna fly. Right, right, right. No, but it's 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 so true because you have the the Hollywood myths, um, and people just take that as gospel, and especially people that don't don't know anything about firearms, and then they'll see what, and then they'll, they'll they think they they learn something. And they, they try to use it on the range. That's how they get hurt. Yeah. It's like, no, no, that is wrong. You cannot do that. And yes, your rifle does run out of bullets. It does. Eventually it will, yeah. Yeah. You don't have three or 400 rounds in one magazine. No, you don't. You do not do that. In the movies, they don't. They just sure. keep on shooting. But 
In real okay. life, they really run out. They run out. Quickly. That's why. Exactly. That's why you have to do, do use proper tactics. And if you're listening to this uh, episode, Kilo Sierra is your tactical shooting rifle guy. The course basically shows you how to manipulate that rifle in a safe manner and train you to live through the fight. Hopefully you never have, but you'd be ready for it. Yes. Uh, um, And the reason why I created the rifle course is because so many individuals, all they, all they were getting was handgun training, which is phenomenal. But you do the rifle platform is a definite legitimate option. Yeah, and I didn't see too many of those out there, especially uh, a, a tactical rifle class, um, especially for civilians. Where uh, so that's why when I first created the tactical rifle class, like I previously mentioned, of course I. 90, 90% of my of my clientele and my students have AR platforms, which is fine. But there's a very few of them that don't. Some of them have a lever action. Some of them have a bolt action. Some of them have 22s. Mm-hmm. Some of them have an M1 Garand. So, so I'm like, that's fine. It's just you have to modify your tactic depending on your platform. Because that, that, that really, you'd be surprised, buddy, how that doesn't exist. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, well, and the AR is incredible. AR is phenomenal. I love the AR, don't get me wrong. But I also address individuals that have other platforms too right um, so because any any rifle is legitimate for self-defense right and that includes the uh, infamous ak-47 <laughs> oh sure sure and i have to that's a learning curve for some people too uh, for example uh the two things that you know l- the little nuances I-, I talk about is that a <clears throat> the ak-47 or any of its variants get extremely hot in the forehead Yep. And, and after a while, I just school them on that. And also, for the most part, most AR platforms, the last bolt or the last shot, the bolt doesn't lock open. Right. So that's a learning curve for individuals that are getting that are just getting used to the A, the uh, I'm sorry, the AK platform. Minor, and then how to take how to load to take out the magazine with that lip, you know, how to mm-hmm. lock the magazine in and pivot up with the button. There's little things, nuances that once they get over that, then they become acclimated to it. But um, you know, sure, people have AK. Absolutely, that's a great point. People but that's why we, we're encouraging you. If you're a listener and you're a proud owner of a rifle, whichever platform you're on, AR fifteen, not fourteen, and AK forty-seven, <laughs> not AK forty-eight. Right, right, right. right. Get <laughs> professional training because yes, it please. goes a long way. Yes, I'm a huge advocate of training, uh, and it, it's something that's people. And if not only is it obviously for safety reasons a good thing, but I love the level of confidence people get once they go through my training. Yeah. It's like, well, once they go through the training, oh, I understand. They feel more confident with whatever platform they have. They, they understand the nuances. They know where the safeties are. They know how to load, load it, whether it's a bolt action, whether it's a lever action, whether it's a magazine loaded, end block or stripper clip loaded, whatever it is. It's, it's as long as you know your weapon and how to use it to defend yourself. That's the key. And and once you get that confidence, and then I, I give them little exercises to do. Listen, when you're on your own, do this simple exercise. Uh, uh, do this, do that, do this, do that. And and it's, and it's great. And they become more confident with a firearm. It's great. Mr. Kilo Sierra, we thank you profusely for bringing the skill set to the microphone today with Tactical Shooting Rifle. And we look forward to this new course that we're going to surprise the audience, but it's going to be a survival course. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. My master instructor is teaching me well. He's wonderful. I'll talk about him, too, in the next next interview Um, because he's a wonderful human being, and he's extremely skilled, and I'm so happy and grateful and honored that he um, I'm one of his new disciples and new students, and I cannot wait to bestow that information. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be great. And we're looking forward forward to that. Thank you so much. It was a great interview today. Thank you so much, my friend. It's always great having you on the platform. Keep uh, safe and uh, see you downrange. Thank you, brother. Take care. A great interview with Kilo Sierra. He took us downrange to look at and explore the tactical shooting rifle. And then it's the beginning of uh, many other shows of... As we discussed, there's another show coming up, which is more tactically involving your survival 
and we'll let him explain it once he takes the course and gets certified in it. But uh, I'm I'm happy for him. Uh, his uh, business is taking off, and he's enjoying what he loves to do, and that's always a good thing. We, in this time, we live in such troubled times that, you know, where you might have been on the fence 20, 25 years ago about buying a gun, if you're that old. Today, it should, you should not be on the fence. Even if you prefer not to have a weapon, but you understand the importance of one, it's so important to not only educate yourself with that weapon, but get proper training and just not get training once, which the vast, vast majority of Americans do. So they'll go to one course, maybe the course that certifies them in their concealed permit, and that's it. The rest is all self-studied, and what we discussed in uh, on the interview today, we joked about the movies. But you want to invest in your own survival. And you know we're a big pusher of the USCCA because we are affiliated with them. That is part of your encounter. That's the, the aftermath of the encounter. Now all of a sudden you're going to need that insurance, that legal insurance to carry you through the episode. But you're also going to need training. When you can do something, when you can't do nothing, when you can carry, when you can't carry. And it's so important to be up to date with all that. And of course, the proficiency. Because shooting, like anything, any other proficiency skill, you will lose it if you don't use it. So it is important to use. So we are blessed to have Kilo Sierra here come out with us every once a month and uh, bless us with his knowledge and and the audience is, is always uh, winning in their level of education. Never take a course in anything and walk away and say I didn't get anything. You can always grab something in any educational course that you take as insuffic- insufficient as it might be Put it in your toolbox with all the rest of your training resources. Right, up next, we've got episode 239, Freedom. That was not on the original schedule. It is an add-on. And, of course, you probably would figure it out by now that it's dealing with the issue that's happening in Cuba. We're on day 12, 13, and the freedom fighters continue to fight. The regiment of uh, the Castro regime is delusional by bringing out false claims that everything that is occurring is not affecting their government. I'll give you a quick example. Uh, the other day, a group of Cuban Americans did a boat trip down to Cuba and uh, as you can imagine that's a pretty long road uh, you know ride down there I think it's uh, close to four hours if if not more and um, of course a lot of people registered that they were going to go and then you know based on other commitments it was on a Friday too and as well as maybe the weather pattern some people were getting the details of the trip and they didn't really like traveling back in pure darkness this uh, episode had a U.S. Coast Guard escort but only seven, seven boats showed up And uh, nevertheless, I'd say always, imagine if one of them didn't show up, it would only have been six. So, you know, I went to a rally uh, recently as well, 
up in the Tampa Bay area. They had been, to be fair, they had been having rallies there for several days, about four to four days, I believe. And so the crowd started thinning as, you know, each day went. And the, the weather also, because when I went to this rally, we, I ended up leaving a little bit earlier because I looked at the, the weather pattern and the clouds and, and boy, we were lucky that we got out when we did because it, it came down uh, in droves. I brought my granddaughter with me, four, 14 years old, because I wanted her to learn and understand the value of protesting peacefully, not the garbage that she might have seen in the summer of 2020. That's the, the media has done us more harm than good in teaching our young kids that uh, protesting constitutes breaking windows, robbing, uh, looting things, and burning. And that could be farthest than the truth. I explained with patience and with a lot of pride in what we were doing. The peaceful protest, standing here and letting people know what we believe in, is the best route to take. And any other thing of throwing a rock or anything, any act like that, is a criminal procedure. It's a criminal uh, detail that is totally different from a protest. She enjoyed the hundreds, if not thousands, of cars that were passing by on this main avenue, beeping in support, and it was uh, thrilling. Uh, as a, as a young child to say, well, you know, I, I actually did this. I, di I didn't just see it on television, I actually did it. So that's why I took her. And if you have a cause that you believe in, then I agree that you should peacefully demonstrate if you have to or articulate your position. Today we live in a society where no one wants to hear the other person. And unfortunately, that causes a lot of dysfunction in society. I picked this episode number 239, Freedom, to explain a little bit about the, the situation in Cuba, the history of Cuba, to make it a little bit more understanding to a lot of people that are not Cubans or Cuban-American. And the reason for that is a lot of people's understanding of what Cuba is is a guy with a green military uniform, a beret, and a beard. And that's the oppressor. That's what these people are fighting. And that's not a true uh, vision of what Cuba is. So with this episode 239, we're going to explain that history, how we got to where we are 62 years later, why they're screaming, and uh, as I said, 13 days into this, they're still going. And to my point, with these seven boats that had traveled down to Cuba, they had to stop, I believe it was 15 miles off the coast. The Coast Guard was going to be a little bit behind them so they could be observers but they were not engaging in anything. They were there for the Americans' citizens' safety and ensuring that the Cuban government didn't try anything uh, nasty. They knew exactly their position. And these seven boats, what they decided to do at 9 o'clock at night is throw some fireworks. The purpose of the fireworks was to let ordinary Cubans know as they they were told on this through their network of influencers. And I will share that in the episode of Freedom. They have a platform on YouTube. They use it very well and on Instagram. And they were telling the Cuban people the harbor of Mariette in, in Havana you could see these boats at night because they're going to light up fireworks. And so the Cuban government 
uh, went out and said there was no demonstration, no fireworks. You didn't see anything. But these uh, poor people, these Cubans with these little phones that they have that barely have anything to charge them with, were recording. And it's not the best recording devices because they don't have the best equipment, but you can see the fireworks. And as little as that might seem, to a person that's been captive by communism, held hostage by a false regime, seeing those fireworks bursting in their harbor is a light of hope and a beacon of hope that this tyranny, this nightmare that has engaged them for 62 years will soon go away. So that's why we did episode 239. All right. What we've done now on the uh, episodes, we're always going to give you the word of the week at the end of every episode. And then we're going to send you off on a beautiful, brilliant, excellent, amazing week ahead. So from the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 17, it says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. As always, it is my honor and pleasure to be your host on Radio Cop Podcast. Continue to pray for yourself because without you in the game, we have nothing. Continue to pray for your family, your community, the law enforcement agencies that serve you and continue to pray for the United States of America. This is Alpha Mike and I'm out.